0: preach like this but sometimes we mix it up and um, just while you're getting settled I've I've had plenty of people asking um, again politically we have an election coming up soon if you're you're not aware Um, and this week um, we met with uh, some of the uh, political party leaders Um, some pastors met with Alex Antic Senator Alex Antic from the Liberal Party excellent excellent man of God um, unfortunately, he's a bit of a beacon in the Liberal Party at the moment, um, a beacon of light that is, he's, he's a very, very good man, um, he's not up for election, so he's safe, but be praying for him, uh, because he is one man who is willing to stand up for truth, for the gospel, for common sense, uh, and a whole lot of other things, Um, but also met with um, Michael Arben, who is the candidate for uh, United Australia Party, Clive Palmer's party. And it's interesting, when I'm meeting... uh, And I met Jennifer Game as well, who's standing in the Senate for Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party. And interestingly enough, when you say Pauline Hanson's party and Clive Palmer's party, people mock and scoff and laugh, but they don't know why. They have no idea why. Because they've been sold a lie from the media. And we just swallowed this stuff from, from the news media, haven't we? Oh, Clive Palmer, he's a buffoon. Why is he a buffoon? Because he's a billionaire? He, he, his party actually would stand up for your family rights and your Christian rights more than Liberal, more than Labor, way more than the Greens. And so we've got to be careful what we swallow from the media... And this is the whole thing's not about politics, by the way. But so many people ask this stuff, and, and I'm meeting with these people, so I'm actually face to face. I'm asking them questions and I'm quizzing them. I'm discerning are they legit? Are they salespeople? Are they. And I can tell you, Jennifer Game from Pauline Hansen's One Nation Party, she's a strong, uh, Bible believing Jewish lady, uh, stands by every. Uh, tenant that we would stand by. She uh, speaks boldly for Christian freedoms, biblical truth, morality, common sense, freedom of, of religion. And so, so many things that we would stand for. You could, you could go a lot worse than putting her number one uh, on your Green Senate ticket. Uh, and I would be putting uh, Clive Palmer's party number two. I would be putting Greens number seven. Uh, I'm telling you right now, the Greens will destroy our society. The more power they get, the more they will destroy our society. There are demonic forces at work in that party. The LGBTIQ confusion that runs rife through that party uh, will eat into our society. And some of you might be shocked that we'd talk like this in church, but it's the truth. And we've got to know what we're. Voting for. So when it comes to vote, you've got a green slip and you've got a big, long, white slip. Not really a slip, a big thing. Sheet. Yeah. Sheet. <laughs> and uh, on, on the one to seven on the green, it's pretty easy. You just go through a, a number at one to seven. On the big uh, white piece of paper, then uh, you can go up to 12 numbers below the line or six above the line, I'm pretty sure. Six above the line's pretty easy, but like I've said, I'd be putting Greens at number six. Make sure you do that. We want them last. Uh, And either Clive Palmer or Pauline Hanson's one or two, and then you might want to go through and uh, Bob Day's party uh, is good to support. He'll support our Christian family, morality, everything else. So... Have a think about it. Have a look. We, I can answer some further questions if you like. I won't tell you exactly what to do because that's up to you. You've got to do your own research. But I do want to stress that Michael Arban, I was really, really impressed with him from Clive Palmer's party. Uh, don't know what I think about nuclear power. I'm 50-50 on that. However, uh, we're never going to agree 100% with everyone but they will stand for freedom, for common sense, for religious freedom, for uh, not government control of every micro area of our lives, for autonomy over your own medical health, over your body. Rah, rah, rah. He's also a very, very strong Christian, and he's a farmer. So you can't go wrong. (laughs) Anyway, but Jennifer Game as well. She's been here, by the way. She's been, been to our church. She came with Pat Mercedes. I As a Jewish lady, I have no idea what she was thinking. But, uh, but she, she loved it. She loved it because the, the truth was really preached boldly. People came to know Jesus and people were stirred and challenged. So um, so if you've got any further questions, you know, at another time we can ask that. But we haven't got much time left. Uh, but I just thought I'd open up by sharing that you want to say something?
1: I was just going to add, we uh, I, I think in recent days we have been sharing a little bit more politically, but it's not something that we have commonly, d- you know, done over the years. But especially with the last couple of years of what we've been facing, we've realised, I think, all of us have realised more than ever, it's really important to know what's going on in the world and it's really important to know um, when it comes to critical times like this of voting, who we're voting for and who we're supporting. And really, this is a chance to have a little family chat about that. We have family conversations at home about this and talk about all different things um, to do with with, uh, the leaders and and what what they stand for and what they're doing. But if we don't share like this, then how can we be expected to know what's happening? So it's great just to have this time to have a bit of a family chat about what's going on in the world. Um, and, And Marty really does have his finger on the pulse with a lot of things, which we're really, really blessed for. And we know Barry does too so (laughs) it definitely runs in the family. Um, But we need to know. We really need to know. We are facing more serious issues now than we were two decades ago. And our kids will be facing more issues in another couple of decades' time. So it's really important to know um, and to have wisdom on the decisions that we're making and what we stand for. We have a voice. You have a voice. And it's really important that we use that.
0: Yeah, and and let's be praying as well. Um, Every day this week, let's be praying building up to the election because we only have to look to America and we can see what the Democrats have done, destroyed many parts of America. And I say that openly because it's just out there. You don't have to be... A blind Freddy could see that. But morally, morally, there is so much compromise in the Democratic Party. And so the society has eroded more and more and more uh, to the point now where, you know, we're, we're looking at potentially overturning... Uh, some of the parts of abortion, and and the Democrats are fighting that. And so we, we need to be clear on where people stand, on where parties stand, um, but also you know be praying that if there is a labour greens government that gets in which all the polls are saying will happen, that somehow God would work and and put some great people in the balance of power yeah. uh, put some and so we can stop an onslaught because if the labour greens get a majority we're going to see an onslaught of the LGBTIQ and the other confusion gender and sexual confusion onslaught in our schooling systems in our societies in our business in the corporates and as we know the corporates they just roll over and go with it look at the commercials that you watch on tv and so we we need to be praying but we also need an awakening and so that's a good lead in to what we want to share on today (laughs) Um, because I've kind of titled it are we there yet most of us will will know that phrase when you're driving on long trips with the kids, begging, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We've all had it. We've all probably said it. Um, and it's sometimes like that in our prayer life, isn't it? Lord, are we there yet? Are you going to do something now? Are you Are you even there? The heavens are brass is the saying. We're not getting through. Are we there yet? Is there something going to happen that's going to shift society and our lives and our communities from where we are now to where you've promised? And so we... I've been doing a little bit of research this week and just looking at society as a whole and looking at the world and the climate and the confusion and seeing where we're at on on the globe and are we ripe for a harvest similar to previous seasons of awakening throughout history? I think the simple answer is yes. The long answer is there's been some pretty dark periods through history and... um, and some might say, you know, it's it's never been this bad. I think they haven't really studied history. Um, biblical history in and of itself uh, is bad enough. But then you just have to look through the Dark Ages, through all sorts of seasons of battles and wars and, and, and onslaughts. And you can see that throughout history, there are ebbs and flows of society that, that denigrates to a really bad situation and rises to awakenings and then it slips back into humanity and sin and and then God awakens his people or his church again. And so we can see the ebbing and flowing of God's moving throughout history. I've often been annoyed by this fact that God would send revival or an awakening for five years and then remove his hand again. It's like, why does that happen? We're going to have to ask him that in eternity because I've read lots of stuff on this and no one really has a good answer and by faith we still walk in the kingdom, but ultimately there are seasons which we can identify where God's hand moves powerfully across the earth, powerfully across a nation or a city, which is an awakening. It's more than just a reviving of a church, it's an awakening across a city and there are seasons of that and we can see that society is in desperate need of awakening and I want to read you a quote by Patrick Morley. Uh, he's a bit of a revival historian. He says, um, the answer is simple. Today, Christianity is prevalent but not powerful and that's true. Our numbers statistically, Christianity's not that bad you know, yeah, there's some dwindling here and dwindling there, some growth here, some growth there, but it's really not that bad. Christianity across is still the biggest faith group in the world. And uh, however, we lack the power. We lack the power of Pentecost. We lack the power of seasons of awakening. And so we want to just... Talk through that today and something that we're praying on and we're standing for and saying to the Lord, we're not satisfied with just doing this without your power. We need your power, we need your presence, because there needs to be a shift in our nation and we know that enough of you are hungry for the same thing. So that's what we're going to talk through today and I'm going to let Karen just sort of share as well. So... (laughs)
1: There's a verse that I was reading this morning and um, it's in Luke 16, verse 10. And it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. But whoever's dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And I just felt the Lord speaking to my heart about there are seasons where where the Lord is quieter than other seasons. There are. And there are seasons where he moves really powerfully. And it's we love it. It's incredible. But it doesn't mean that he is working any less in the quiet seasons. He is working in us. And he is working through us and all around us in the quiet seasons. The little seed, and I know we talk about things like this all the time, but the little seed that is planted under the soil... It seems like a very quiet season, a very hidden season, a season where it seems like nothing is happening, but that seed is growing into something very powerful and significant. So in the quiet seasons, it's a time where what God has entrusted us, it's a time where he is growing faithfulness in our hearts. It really struck me this morning when I was just thinking about how the Lord loves faithfulness, Hebrews 11, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Ha! Ah, without faith. And this week I've been dwelling on the fact that, you know what, there might be some mountains in my life that I am praying to move and there might be some things that I am really seeking God for breakthrough on. But you know what? That opportunity to stand in faith in that situation blesses God's heart. And with my little life that I have, and time goes so quickly, goodness me, we're in the middle of 2022 nearly already. Time goes so quickly. And if one thing that we can do is please God's heart, bless his heart and pour our love on him in the life that we're given to please God, what greater honor is there? So for me, I'm like, God, there are mountains I'm praying to move and there is breakthrough, but I have an opportunity to activate my faith and to believe what you've said and to trust you. And I really feel in those quiet seasons, God really grows things within us in a very deep way. And we have an opportunity to be faithful with the little that he's given us. Faithfulness is tested in the hard seasons. And in the quiet seasons, I don't know about you, but it's really easy to be faithful on the mountaintop. You know, you can jump around and cheer and, you know, the the whole atmosphere is just charged with his presence and anything is possible. Everyone's like, boom, you know, oh, God's going to do this and this and that. But in the hard season, in the hidden season, in the quiet season, that's where the test of faith really comes. And faith blesses his heart. So we know that God is growing things and God is, is growing his, his spirit and his faithfulness and his fruitfulness in our lives. And it's a season where we get to be faithful with what he's given us. One more thing that I really felt the Lord speaking to me recently and this has been something that has been a little bit of a theme throughout my life and I had a prophetic word many, many years ago at a conference, went forward for prayer, hungry for God and, and the girl came and prayed for me and she laid hands on me and she prayed for me and, and she began to pray and then she said, you think you're on the outside looking in but God's on the inside looking out. And it struck my heart in that moment. There is a place of hunger and longing for more and it's endless and I love it. There's always more. But there is also a place where God has deposited very, very precious things in our lives. And in that moment, I felt the Lord saying, what are you doing with what I've given you? And sometimes the Lord is waiting us to activate those things that he's released, to activate the gifts that are within us, to release those things that he's given us. Sometimes we sit and we wait for this incredible outpouring or for God just to break through, but sometimes he is waiting for us to step up as sons and daughters, for us to step up and into our inheritance and into our calling to release the things that he's given us and to activate those gifts. And God is growing that in the body of Christ and he's maturing the body of Christ and preparing us for greater things. So in the quiet times and in the times where we think, gosh, God's quiet right now, and you come and you seek his face and it's quiet and it's still, there are other seasons where I feel like there's just so much going down, I can't ride it out fast enough, I can't catch it all fast enough, but there are other seasons that are quiet, but in those seasons, he is moving and he is growing and he is wanting to grow us and mature us into being able to carry even more than what we carried in the season before. Amen. So he's always at work, always at work.
0: Yeah. Um, I was also just dwelling on, on where we're at in our condition. I'm going to read from two Timothy three, two, it says for people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, but then 1 Peter 3.12 says this. This is the good news. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And that's kind of the two realms we've got. We've got the global condition where things are pretty bad, and society is pretty bad, and it's, it's not necessarily going to mend itself, even though we'll try and we'll do whatever we can. But the eyes of the Lord are on you. The eyes of the Lord are on you and on me. And when we're righteous, when we're praying, he's listening. His ears are attentive to our prayers. So it's one of those situations. Does awakening happen because we are stirred or because he stirs us? And I think it's both. Uh, Matthew Henry, the great Bible commentary um, guy of many generations ago now, but He said, God stirs the waters and then we respond. And I think that's a good way to put it. The truth is there's a stirring in all of us who know the truth. The issue is, are we going to respond? Are we going to respond? What are we going to do with the seed that he's planted in us? That seed, that desire. And we all have disappointments. We all have failures. We all have things that go wrong. We all have uh, doubts and fears, but what will we do with the seed that he's put inside of us? Will we cultivate it? Will we let it grow? Will we water it? And that's what happens when we're praying, isn't it? We're praying, we're asking the Lord Lord, we recognize that you've put a treasure in our field. Now we're going to grow it. We're going to grow it. We're going to be faithful with what you've given us. And like Karen said, even during a hidden season or a quiet season, I think the thing is when God breaks out, we wish we were one of the ones who were helping be forerunners because we're watching. And when God breaks out in the earth now, it is going to be more contagious and faster spreading than any time throughout history because we now have social media. So when God breaks out in, I don't know, flipping island or somewhere, you know, we're going to know about it the next day. And we're going to see meetings with God's power flowing and salvation, calls packed and, and people getting healed. We're going to see it the next day. And all of a sudden, what happens? Contagious faith. We see that it's possible and we go, wow, it's happening there. For our faith gets increased. Well, why wouldn't we be the ones who water the seed first rather than have to let someone in Ireland do it? Sorry, Lynn, you're from Ireland. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just uh, remember that. Maybe God's going to do something in Ireland. Who knows? But
1: Well, Lynn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jesus.
0: But you see this, we often wait for someone yeah. else to be the fire starter. Yeah. When he's called you and me to be the fire starters. He's called you and me to be the ones who are praying the way, who are believing the way because his power hasn't changed. His presence hasn't changed. Nothing of that. When you read revivals throughout history, it is phenomenal what happens when God moves. It's been 28 years since God started a global move across the earth. 28 years. It's a long time, isn't it? I'm talking about Toronto outpouring, wasn't known for its salvation. So it was a reviving of the church, not an awakening of streets and communities. But it was a significant, significant awakening in the church. Yeah. And many of you, Karen is a product of that. And many of you uh, have been kept and, and stirred by that. And, and many, many, many uh, missions, organizations and incredible fruit from Toronto but we're 28 years down the track. Things get a bit dry after 28 years, don't they? And so we're in this situation where if we're saying, are we there yet, Lord? We're, our prayer is, yes, we're there. We're there. But maybe he's asking something of us. Maybe he's asking the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro Across the earth and he and he is looking for the righteous ones and his ear is ad- attentive to our prayer. What are we gonna do with that? What are we gonna do with that? And so our, our prayer and our encouragement is that we would continue to grow, we will continue to hunger. And the thing is, it's very easy to organize things, but it's very hard to organize awakening. It's very easy to organize meetings, but it's very hard to organize God sovereignly coming in power and awakening a whole region. When God chooses to move, the cities can't resist his power. Right now, we're in an opposite situation, and we've got to promote, we've got to absolutely beg our communities to come into a, a church. In an awakening season, it's exactly the opposite. You can't keep them out. Read about the Welsh revival. Read about moves of God in Scotland, throughout America, great awakenings in England, Indonesia, all over the earth. History is littered with awakenings and moves of God where cities, regions, nations are swept into the kingdom. Wales, 100,000 people saved in one year. And the biggest critic of the Welsh Revival, which no one knows his name because no one remembers the critics, that's what Bill Johnson says, not me, <laughs> is that only 80% of that 100,000 people who got saved in that revival remained in the church. That's, that was his criticism. Only 80% remained in the church years after the revival. That's not a bad statistic. <laughs> I'm happy with 80%. Onkaparinga City has roughly 100,000 people in it. Wouldn't it be incredible to see this city saved and and surrounding ones because I know a lot of you are from other councils and regions. But it just gives us a little picture of when we're praying, we're praying for regions, we're praying for God to do something because you know what? Our churches are prevalent on this very block. Our churches are prevalent, but our power is low. Our power gauge is low. But his power gauge isn't. And so the challenge is, okay, pr- prayer is always a, a precursor and a movement. And it's not, again, not just gatherings as much as we'll have them. It's the prayer of us and the hunger and the expectation. But will we be a people that will believe and step into what God has?
1: Very good. I um, I really... Um I've been challenged recently and, and I felt the Lord speak to me one time in worship on a Sunday morning and I was going through a season where I was like, Lord, I I just don't know if what I'm doing is making a difference. Lord, I just don't know if what I'm doing is really breaking through and and Lord, I've, you know, being faithful in this and faithful in that, but I'm just still, you know, still pressing on, still pressing through. God, when's the breakthrough coming? Jesus, when's it happening? And I was in one of those little seasons where I was like, Lord, I just need to hear from you because I'm not sure if what I'm doing is making a difference and I felt the Lord whisper back to me I felt the Holy Spirit whisper that if Jesus felt that if Jesus wondered what if I don't worry about what I'm going to do what if what I'm doing doesn't make a difference where would we be today and it struck me in that moment what God can do with one is so significant and so powerful. I mean, I mean Jesus entrusted the Holy Spirit. Jesus entrusted the whole heart of who he was and his kingdom to 12. And from that upper room, from those that waited upon the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, he entrusted the entire gospel, the entire gospel of all that he had died for and risen again for, he entrusted to just a very small group. And then from there, his gospel message and his truth and the power of his spirit has spread across the face of the globe. What God can do with one or two or three, never underestimate. Never underestimate what God can do with you. Because you set one person on fire and you begin to watch it spread like wildfire. It just takes one. It just takes one. And you might be sitting there going, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to wait for God to touch someone else or move in someone else. But what if he wants to do something significant in you? What if he wants to breathe upon your life? What if you're the one that he wants to stir? something in to touch multitudes around you that is that is the kind of God we have we kind of think oh it's got to be this massive thing and everyone's got to be in it and then I jump in but you know God does things his own way and sometimes he flips things around and does it the opposite way to what we think what if he just wants one to light a spark to create a wildfire? What if God wants to do something in your heart that begins to stir the heavens and begins to release his kingdom on earth? What if one of us, what if a few of us, what if a group of us get hungry enough to see the heart of heaven moved? What if we set ourselves to be faithful with what he's given and say, God, I'm going to release what you've given me. I'm going to activate what you've given me. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to be faithful with what you've given What if God can do a lot with a little? He loves to multiply things out of nothing. And I really believe that what God has deposited in us and deposited in his church is so significant and the enemy's after it. And last week I preached about double blessing, double for your trouble. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come to bring life to the full. (laughs) We've seen the enemy increase in darkness. We've seen fear increase. We've seen, you know, all sorts of things happen across the planet and we've all been a part of that and we've all been affected. But one thing that I believe is really important right now is that, yes, we bring our needs before the Lord. Yes, we keep praying for breakthrough in our lives and in our families and in our circumstances and situations. But let's not forget that we are part of his kingdom And we are part of a bigger picture and we are part of something far greater than ourselves. And one thing in this season that we have all faced is that we are all facing challenges. We're all facing issues and they're big. They're bigger than what they've been years before. We are facing more than we've faced before, all on personal and individual levels. And we need God to come through. We do. If he doesn't, (laughs) then we can't do it ourselves. But let's not forget we're part of something much bigger too. Let's not just get stuck in that place where we're just praying for our own situation and our own circumstance and we're buried in our own lives. Let's lift our eyes up and remember that we are part of a body that needs what's in us and needs what's in you. And we need to remember that the God that is working in our lives, he is in control of everything and he is wanting to move in you and wanting to move in us but he has entrusted something to us for our lives but for far greater than that for far greater and when we are praying and when we're seeking God let's remember that he's called us to something bigger and I am so aware now more than ever after 44 years of living I'm so grateful for every year so thankful for every day and every moment it's a gift life is a gift to wake up with breath is a gift every day every day no matter what we're facing every day is a gift but I am aware now more than ever that life goes so quickly it really does time goes so quickly and we have been given this trust from heaven Jesus has entrusted you and he's entrusted me with something very precious. It's called his kingdom. And there are so many that need this hope, that need this love, that need this freedom, that need the kingdom manifest in their lives. And we're the ones that are trusted to carry that. And it's such a privilege and it's such an honour. But I really feel the Lord saying, don't underestimate. Don't underestimate what he wants to do in you and in me. Because he is, he's hungry for his bride. He's hungry for his bride. Mm.
0: Yeah. Awesome, hey? Yeah. I want the band to come up if that's okay. And... um, COVID's been a weird season, hasn't it? <laughs> it? And it's been a weird season. Let's pray it's over. Uh, we know there's trickles and, and stuff still going on. But through that, the last couple of years, and we, we were talking about the, even the last few months, and we've talked to other leaders, and, and, and COVID in some ways has been a season where some people have got disenfranchised, disconnected with church. Um, There may be online or life and all sorts of things have become, you know, more important or easier to connect with. And so even the church has suffered through this season. It hasn't been a building phase. It's been like, can we hold this thing together? And so here we are, post COVID. Let's just call it that, if you if you want to call it that. Yeah, amen. <laughs> um, and and we're kind of like, Lord, what now? What now? And we look we look at the world, we look at what's going on, and and we realise we need His power and presence. Yeah. And I want to I want to get and and we're kind of feeling like. Um, we're going to ask the Lord for a a season and a a reawakening, if you like. And, And our prayer is that you're hungry for that too. Just give me a wave if you're okay with that. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Then even now, just begin asking him for that. And I thought it would be great as an example, and many of you have got your own testimonies of how God did that, but it's interesting how Karen and I kind of met here at this church because Bronnie, Karen's mum, begged her, dragged her into church, and and uh, but it's in- <laughs> good on you, Bronnie. But it's it's interesting. Um, Karen's often told me the story of what happened that night when she came, and I just want her to share that because when one gets awakened, the effect is many. And maybe you're here this morning and you need reawakening. Or maybe you just need refreshing. Maybe it's been dry or maybe you've been pretty good, but it's just not how it was. Well, our prayer is that today God would reawaken you, that today God's power and his fire and his love would be poured into you. So begin opening your heart as you just hear Karen share this. Are you okay to share that? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I know I've shared this before, so I'm sure that there's many of you who've already heard this, but there was a Sunday night that uh, I think my microphone might be echoing a little bit, by the way. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but um, there was Sunday night, and God was really pouring out by His Spirit. and my mom and my dad had really been touched by the presence of God in their lives and they were hungry for us kids to experience the same thing and and I was like one or two years out of school and I was trying to find myself and I didn't really know where I was headed or what was going on and it was it's a challenging time of life and I wasn't really interested in coming along to Sunday night church Sunday morning was enough and mum and dad were were often you know on Sunday nights and and God was really touching them and i remember mum saying just come just come this this one sunday night and i came along and i i really wasn't in a place where i was head over heels excited to be there i'll be honest but i came along and i sat there and i sat through the whole service i ended up sitting next to this lovely man next to me. So God set that up in a really good way. But <laughs> but I came along and a friend of mum's at the end of the service, there was prayer out the front and people were coming forward being prayed for. And the Holy Spirit was really touching people's lives. And I had never seen anything like this in my life. I had grown up in a Baptist church. I was Bible believing. And, you know, it was all about the word and it was about scripture. And I'd never, seen the Holy Spirit touch people. And I remember sitting there and one of mum's friends said, come, come down and get prayed." I was like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good right here. But she literally, before I had time to really strongly resist, had grabbed my hand and was already pulling me out the front. And I ended up out the front and um, Marty's dad prayed for me. And I just, I remember in that moment, just going down onto the floor. And I don't know how long I was there, for I know it was quite a while. But this incredible peace came over my heart, and in that moment, all those questions of uncertainty in my life—of where am I heading, or what's going on in my life, and I'm I'm not sure about this and that—and even my faith was being shaken. This incredible peace and warmth came over me from head to toe, and I just remember not wanting to get up. I just wanted to stay there, and just to stay in His presence. And I got up that night off the floor, and, and we went home and I got into my room, and I closed my door, and I pulled my Bible out, and I remember reading my Bible for hours, and hours, and hours, and day after day after day, I couldn't put the Bible down. It came alive, and I was so hung, and I'd never had that before. Even in all my good Bible-believing Baptist Sunday school days, I had never had that hunger in my heart, and I fell in love with Jesus that night. I didn't just know Him. I fell in love with Him him. And I was at uni and my, th- my friends thought I'd gone crazy because I'm there in lunch break in, in the cafeteria. I'm talking about the presence of God and I'm talking about what Jesus had been doing in me. And they, they were giving me some strange looks, but I didn't mind. I was so passionate and I had come so alive. And my parents literally could not, um, they could not, describe what God had done in a way it was it was like day and night and the thing that is encouraging to me and I find absolutely amazing is even in that moment I wasn't running after God in that season in my life I wasn't sure where I was or what I was meant to be doing I was you know all over the place but God was faithful God met me in that place and he touched my life changed everything put the biggest Jesus sticker on the back of my car talked to him about everyone, everywhere I went. And you could not make me quiet about Jesus because he's real and he's alive. And in that one moment and in that one counter, he was no longer a man that someone else talked about or that the preacher on the platform, you know, spoke about for hours on end on a Sunday morning. He's alive and he's real and he loves us. And, and that one moment shifted the entire course of my life shifted everything and I fell in love with him and that's why I'm here today so for us one touch of his presence one touch of his spirit one encounter of him can change everything everything and I tell you that's who he is and that's what he loves to do and he hasn't changed, he's still the same he's still the same then and he's still the same now and he's just as hungry and he's just longing just as much to pour himself into each and every one of our lives and he loves to awaken us with his love but that's who he is and this is what we're hungry for and this is what we're longing for because He can only do this. (laughs) There was no, there was nothing that anyone else could have done in that night that could have made me fall head over heels in love with Jesus. That could have made me get out my Bible every night for hours and hours and hours on end. I came alive. I came alive that night. I was dead and then I was alive. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the touch of the Spirit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just get a sense that, Even with with Karen sharing, there are some, maybe many of you who are sitting here this morning thinking, "Wow, could that happen to me? I would love it if, if God would actually make, bring joy back in my faith again. Let me fall in love with Him again. God can do it today. He can do it in your life today. It doesn't need to be just hard work, rules, and regulation." It just requires an open heart, yeah. or maybe a family member who just yanked your yeah. arm and... so if you want that, just stand. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come and if you're hungry for a, a refreshing a touch of the Lord and you've heard what we've shared about, we, we can't do anything in and of ourselves, but we know God can change everything. He can change everything in your life in a moment. In a moment and just lift your hands and begin to look to him because when he, when he does it, it's so much better and even as some of you lifted your hands, I sense you just began to feel warmth you just began to feel something come over you that's his presence and so Holy Spirit we pray right now that you would release your fiery love Your fiery presence into every hungry heart. Every hungry heart in this building. Release that fiery love right now. Holy Spirit, fresh touch. Fresh touch. Keep opening your heart. Keep asking him. Some of you are going to become overwhelmed by his power and his presence because he wants to fill you today.
1: and that you would come and touch our hearts and our lives. Father, you know us. You know every detail and you care about every hair on our head. You love us. You love everything about us, Lord. You created us. We are knit together by your spirit and by your hand. We are intimately acquainted, Lord, with your spirit in the innermost place of who we are. So, Lord, we ask this morning that you would come and breathe upon us by your Spirit, that you would come by your Spirit, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch our hearts and touch our lives. Come and do what only you can do, Shakur Abbasantu. Come, Lord, come and move among us this morning. Walk among us in this place. Touch every hungry heart, every open heart, Lord, we ask. By your Spirit, Father, awaken us, awaken our hearts. Awaken our spirits deep within. Breathe upon us, Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit. And Father, I ask for awakening, awakening this morning. Awakened love. Awakened spirits, awakened heart, awakened hunger. Refreshing that comes from you deep within like a... Spring inside of us welling up pouring out Father we ask come come again right here right now in this moment in this place We love you Father we love you Jesus Shaba we love you Holy Spirit We love your presence And there is nothing we can do there is nothing we can do to earn your love. There is nothing we can do. No good works, no striving, no trying. Nothing. It is a gift of your spirit. It's all from you. Lord, we just receive this morning by faith, Shakur by faith, We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. We love you, Jesus. Awaken again our love. Awaken our hearts. Awaken our faith like never before by your spirit, spirit of truth, spirit of wisdom, Spirit of refreshing and healing. Spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in us.
0: by faith step into whatever he has for you right now this is probably the most important part of the service or the day is the time we actually connect with Jesus so we say Jesus come and fall on us Holy Spirit fall on us fill us with your fire Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit have your way have your way Lord, we pray that you would birth in us a hunger and a thirst for you. Lord, that you would make us dissatisfied with everything else that's going on around us. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you.
1: give us eyes for you, that you will give us dove's eyes for you Jesus. (laughs) And Father I thank you that you're releasing, refreshing right now. I thank you for your refreshing that you're pouring out. I thank you Lord that you are refreshing every heart and every life and every soul. Father I thank you for your sweet, sweet rain that you're pouring out. Your sweet refreshing. Father I just thank you for who you are and for all that you're doing. And Father, we just receive by faith, Shabbat, we receive by faith, you're refreshing right now, yeah, give us eyes for you, Jesus, eyes for you, Jesus, eyes only for you, Jesus. Yeah,
0: we, we're going to just finish off in this atmosphere and you can stay, worship, You can sit or lie down or whatever you want to do, but we'd love to lay hands on you, pray for you, impart whatever God wants to sow into you today. Maybe you've never responded like this before. It's okay. We'll just come. We'll just pray for you. And um, we'll ask Stephen Noni to help us out as well. But we would love for God to stir a fresh hunger in you today. That would would make our day. (laughs) It will probably make our week, actually. So we invite you to come. And um, if it gets too full down here, we'll just spread out a little bit. And um, so, Lord, we just ask that you would sow into us every single thing that you want to do today, you would accomplish. I pray for anyone who needs to go now or leave or whatever. Lord, we pray blessing upon them. We pray you would speak to them, increase in them and through them. We thank you for what you're doing, Holy Spirit. We pray that your fresh wind would blow through this place today in our lives, in our families, and in our region, that you would stir and birth something here today in Jesus' name. So why don't you come? We'll just pray for you. We'll just pray an impartation and a blessing and a release of his presence in your life today.